0: We're here for a season six, episode five with Mo Steele.
1: How's it going, man? How you doing, bro? How's everything, man?
0: Pretty good. So can you give some background information about yourself?
1: Yeah, well, everybody know I go by the name Mo Steele, man. I'm coming from New London, Connecticut. You know what I'm saying? Um, best up-and-coming thing s- since the 90s started. You already know how that go, man. Um, hey. Nah, um, you know, what you mean background? Like, you want to know how I started music? Yeah. Um, I started writing when I was probably, like, eight years old. Started recording when I was 13. Um... My first record was recorded with Trinity Technique. Shout out Trinity, Off Records Family. Um, yeah, man, I was like 14. I went and laid that one take. It was like a three really? and a half minute song, one take. You didn't stop no, for no cutting in. Like, Damn, bro. Young. Imagine being that young, being able to do that. Like, people lose their mind when you do things like that, man. So it was like, it was crazy. And since then, I just, you know, I kept working on it. I'm on my, like, sixth project right now. Um, yeah. You know, just. <laughs>
0: that's dope so who are your inspirations growing up
1: it's a lot I listened to a I got put on a big pun to start listening to hip-hop so that was really what crowded my head in the beginning when it came to me making music but after that you know Jada Kiss came on and Lil Wayne, Drake you know just the whole list going down you know a lot yeah. of, Big, different people that influenced my styles and stuff like that, you know what I'm So saying? you
0: think pun's probably the biggest or was the biggest?
1: Yeah, to me, people argue it all the time. People say big epoch, you know. To me, it was just pun. I, that's who I came up listening to, yeah. you know. That's, a, you know, a lot of people, the flow was based off of that in the beginning, so it's, you know.
0: Yeah. Talk about THR Studios and how you got involved with them.
1: <laughs> THR, man. Um,
0: <sighs> Where does it start?
1: I was probably like 14 when mm-hmm. I met Brian J. He was probably about nine years old, man. Like yeah. literally nine years old. I went to, I went to some church event. And um, he was in there. I was just rapping. And he had told me out of nowhere, like, yo, I got a studio. And I was like, "Word." He was just like, yeah, you should come and lay some of that stuff down. You letting it go to waste. I'm like, all right. So at the time, he owned a company that he was trying to open called Swag Records. So he was trying to run under that for a little bit. And then yep. um we had ended up finding out that there was another Swag Records under LLC. So before we got sued. Yeah,
0: you had to switch it.
1: <laughs> they changed it to the Hit Room. And then after they changed it to the Hit Room, we ended up moving to like three or four different studios until it was based where it is now on Green Street. And that's when it became the Hit Room Studios. And that's over in New London, right? Yeah, it's over in New London on Green Street, one forty-two. Great.
0: Yeah. And is Brian the main producer over there? Is anybody else really engineering?
1: Um, They got five... Robbie and, and Brian are the main engineers there. They're the owners, too. So, um, yeah, that's that's his, that's his establishment right there, man.
0: That's dope. And is that where you record most of your stuff? Do you do anything anywhere else?
1: Uh, I, 90% of all my music is recorded at THR. You know, mm-hmm. I have other studios. Um, the Creep Studio, you know what I'm saying? Mars Studios. I got a couple studios that I touch sometimes to get work done, you know, whenever people is around. So I just try to stay consistent. You yeah. know? But THR mostly because... Bouncing around from studio to studio, having your music on everybody's computer is just not it, smart to me. It's you know better to have it
0: in one spot. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. That's, That's where your vault is, basically. Mm-hmm. So what's your beat picking process?
1: Um, My beats. You know, it's crazy. A lot of people, they compliment a lot of the beats that I use mm-hmm. every time I, I throw a mixtape. And it's hard because I don't, I don't try looking for any certain type of beat. It's just if something hits me, I just go in on it and then... If if it works, mm-hmm. I'll elaborate on the song, you know. Um, shout out my man Key right here. He be at my house all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll rap something to him, be like, what you think it is? And he'll be like, oh yeah, that's a go. Mm-hmm. And then when he come back to my house a day later, I'll be like, yo, listen to the rest of the song. He'd be like, God damn, bro, like how the fuck you get that shit done so fast? <laughs> what the fuck? So it's like, yeah, it's just it's all about what I feel. Like if I'm feeling some type of way, if I feel like making something. Jiggy, if something slow come to me, it don't matter what it is. If it come, I get a feel for it. And if I attack it the right way, we, we push on it. And if not, then we let it pass.
0: I see you're very versatile. You ha- you can do your singing flow, but then you come in with those hard bars
1: too. Yeah, that's a fact.
0: Talk mm-hmm. about meeting your boy TK Dre right over there.
1: TK, man. Hey, TK. Shout out TK Dre, man. That's my motherfucking nigga, man. We, we don't meet TK. You know, actually... Nah, actually, before... I, I had worked at right for a long time, but before... I worked at ShopRite. He had pulled up on my block one day Mm -hmm. with these two girls, and they had introduced me to him. But at the time, it was like, all right, you know what I'm saying? Like, what up? Like, it ain't even nothing. And then, like, a year later, he ended up working at ShopRite, too. And then it was like, that was my man's one day. We was in the back room. Actually, I don't even think we liked each other at first, to be honest with you. I don't even (laughs) think I liked me. And Kirk didn't like each other at first, neither. That's the crazy thing. So... TK, it was just like one of those days where me and him, we had a little situation. So instead of, you know, us taking it to where it could have went to, he was like, yo, let's just smoke and chop it up. You know what I'm saying? Let's. Mm-hmm. So we did that. And from that day, that was just like, that's oh, my man. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was real. It yeah, like yeah, showed yeah. that you guys yeah. could actually vibe together and fix shit. Exactly.
0: That's what you need, especially in this industry, man. How about Sheaster Pink?
1: Ooh, Sheaster, man. I, He's that's my, nice. That's my boy, man. Shout out Sheaster Pink. That motherfucker's nice. Hell yeah. killing it recently. Um, he's eclectic as fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's so versatile. You know what I'm saying? And it gets real wild with him when it gets to the records. Um, I met with him for the first time on my first Dreams to Reality mixtape. And we did a record called Change Up. That was mm-hmm. our first record together. And I think every tape after that, he made a verse besides D2R. Okay. And D3R so far, so... Did he, uh...
0: Was he under Krishan when he was doing... Yeah, 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 yep. yeah,
1: yeah, yep. definitely. That's how long ago that was. Yeah, so. he, he hasn't been under that. Krishan exactly. in so long. Exactly, so...
0: That was like the Wolf Project or something back when he was doing that. Mm-hmm. What about your boy, Just Cuz?
1: It's my godbrother, actually. Um, really? It's crazy, man. Just Cuz. I remember meeting Just Cuz one time at, like, a family picnic. They had a pool party, and... I didn't even know. I just heard he rapped, but I didn't know he was nice. None of that. I just heard in the sense that he rapped. You know what I'm saying? So it was like when I finally came up and introduced myself at this party, you know, he was, I told him, y'all, I'm I'm rapping. You know what I'm saying? And at first he paid no heave to it. Like, oh, all right. Cause I'm sure at that time, probably people were running up to him all the fucking time. Like, yo, yo. So, but then one day we had a a show at at the Crocker house. At this time, I'm probably like 17, 16. And, they was playing a beat. There was a mic on the stage. I just grabbed it in front of him, Frank Grahams, and a couple other people. I was like, I'm going to fuck this shit up. Like, yeah. They're not just going to keep looking at me as a little little nigga no more. You know what I'm saying? Like, they got to have to respect me and give me mine. You know what I'm saying? It's your time now. That's automatic. I had to yeah. show them that I could hang. You know what I'm saying? And that's what it's dudes like them that kept me, you know what I'm saying, making sure that I was on my toes because they was making the the – the right moves at the mm-hmm. time. You know what I'm saying? That's Especially I Frank. Think.
0: I know, like, I saw Frank just killing it back in the day. That He was, like, one of the first CT artists I knew.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. They was doing their thing. Justin and him still doing their thing, you know what I'm saying? Shout out Just because That's my guy, man, you know what I'm saying? Me and him always battling on who killing each other <laughs> on a verse. That's why, you know what I'm saying? You need that
0: competition, though. Of
1: course. Yeah. Keep, keep you on your toes when you're an artist, man. It really yeah. do. It keeps you versatile as hell because you're going to find a way to kill the next dude Without really trying to kill him, you know what I'm saying. You just making sure that people notice you for what you bring. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. Like that's how I learned to attack. Because a lot of people will, will get on verses with people like that, and you could say intimidation plays a factor. But at the end of the day, like I'm nice as fuck, so it's like if I get on a track with you, be ready because I'm gonna find yeah. a way to just kill it in some type of way. You feel yeah. what I'm saying? So that's the story with Just right there. That's
0: dope, man. You got your boy Fresh Money.
1: Yeah, that's, that's the big bro right there, man. Fresh. I started fucking with Fresh. I want to say like five, six years ago, man. You know what I'm saying? And niggas just been, that's my homie, man. We did a lot of records together and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, that's that's family right Helping there. Helping you like a mentor does. Yeah, of course. You know what I'm saying? Just sticking around, just trying to keep an eye on me. You know what I'm saying? Making sure everything's going the way it goes. You know what I'm saying? And just always just being around. You know what I'm saying? That's mm-hmm. my guy. Definitely. What
0: about After Party? Last one.
1: After Party is Brian. Believe it or not, that's just like an alter like really DJ ego for him right there. Like I didn't even know that. That's just Brian, yeah. That's A lot of people dope. wouldn't know that. And I don't think he made too many beats for too many people. I think he probably made like four beats and yeah. for me, and I chose one of them and just went in on it. So I was like
0: Hey, the yeah. more you know, man. Talk about your opportunity to headline at the PNB rock show over at The Guard. That was probably big,
1: bro. And that was crazy. When I first got with Let me take it from the beginning. Okay. Tell the story because it's it's gonna it's gonna be a little it's not gonna be a long story. It's just more like when I first started this shit, I ended up coming in under my manager. One day I had reached out to him because I was messing with Don Diego as a as a manager. Shout out Don Diego. Remember back in the day, he mm-hmm. used to I used to try to do some business with him, and um, Don Diego did did this contract with my manager Jeff, who. Where they would get me into doing a college party, which Jeff would throw the party, but I would come perform. Mm-hmm. And that was my first college performance ever. But I didn't know how big the show was. He was just like, oh, we're going to do a show at Mambo's Thursday night. We're going to do a show at Mambo's Thursday night. And I kept thinking, like, I don't give a fuck. Like, this yeah. shit's going to be whack. But then when I got there, I was like, whoa, I didn't know this many people was going to be here. This shit shoulder to shoulder packed full of college kids. And that performance changed it all because they was fucking with me like I was a superstar. They was looking at me like, yo, this kid is nice as fuck. But it was like, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. here. You know what I'm saying? So that transpired into him reaching out to me for business. And then that transpired also into him becoming my manager um, for music, which then led to us doing like another 50 college shows on top of that. Mm-hmm. And then we ended up, he was like, you know what? we ready to get start attacking big venues Let's bring PMB to Yes City because we nobody's done that. I want I want you to be the first one to do it. So mm-hmm. we got together, brought them to the city, and we did the show. You know what I'm saying? I had TK up there. Um, I gave Just Cousin Frank both slots. Um, more management decision, but, you know, they, they gave me the pick on artists out of a select few, yeah. and those were the top.
0: Those were the two that you uh, really Yeah, wanted. out of the
1: select few, yeah. that they were, they were the top artists in my head, so. I went and made that decision, and that's how wow. that worked. Then P&B came out. We did the show. It was it was wild. It, it sold out. Um, every seat was packed. You know, it was looking like you looking up at the stars, man, and yeah. there was just nothing but lights everywhere. The Everybody's phones. camera just, like, that feeling is real. People will never understand that feeling until you get there. You know what it's I'm saying? It's a different energy. Of course. It, it makes you feel like... Everything is more real, serene. You know what I'm saying? Like at that moment when you up there, can't nobody take that from you. That's mm-hmm. a milestone. Can't nobody take from you. Um, being the first one to rap with a celebrity on the guard art stage is like that that was monumental, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Especially to me and my guys, like they knew how big that was to us. So
0: just seeing the come up yeah. from your guys' perspective. You
1: know, when I first when I first seen the guard arts theater, I used to start having dreams after that. when I felt like when I went up in there for the first time. I think I went with this rad program when I was like thirteen, and I actually watched this like stage play that they did. Mm-hmm. But I was used to, like I was just thinking in my head like, damn, what if I could just grow up and just perform here, have it packed with everyone like that would be crazy. Sure enough, though, ten years later, that's what bro, happened. You, you get what I'm saying? So it was like, all right, I did it, bro. You know? It's
0: like the guard arts like center is just such a like dope place to perform it's like, it, it looks official and it, especially for being in new london that's probably one of the if not the biggest place to perform there yeah so yeah
1: it's crazy you know i didn't i didn't try to pitch to them ideas you know about trying to um invest and build this staff because yeah i'm telling you we got have so many more concerts and bigger artists to oh, come out here but it's like the, it's so packed because there's so many chairs and so much equipment in there that if they knew or had a space where they could remove all the chairs and make it a standing concert all the way yeah. back they'd like fit a another thousand people in there where 2500 to 3000 people can come to bring out people that are top tier artists yeah. you know a list b list you know what i'm saying so that's that's just how that is you know um and also with the p n b thing too he was out of choice i had three choices it was between B, um What's that guy's name? K Camp, yeah. P and Camp, and Uncle Murda. And Interesting. I was like, Nah, we going with P and B. Yeah, yeah.
0: Out of those three, I, I definitely think anybody would have chose that. That's kind of especially logical. at that like, time. Yeah, of course. Was it 2017 or 18? 17. Yeah, so that's that's the perfect time of for me. Of course,
1: it. it's logical. Last year, we did. I performed a headline for Gucci twice. Wow. Yeah, and uh. Wellmont Theater, mm-hmm. which was huge in New Jersey. Okay. And then what, t- Toyota Center? Oakdale Theater. Yep. Toyota Center. We um headlined there too. 420 and 419 back to back shows. So, oh, Brian
0: was telling me about that. Yeah. yeah. So
1: um, that was crazy too. Wellmont. Shout out New Jersey, man. New Jersey, that's where my pops is from. They show love. Like at first they were looking at me like, who is this nigga? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, why the fuck is he here? And but then you after, up to the well, plate. yeah, when I when I swung the bat. And hit the home run then they was like oh shit he's nice like we can fuck with him like yeah you know what i'm saying what up that's that's how it goes
0: yeah from a, like a listener's perspective when i've gone to shows and someone's come up and i don't know them yet if they come and they they show you that they're nice like i after that i go and listen to them and they start becoming in my personal playlist so that's probably what happened with you like people are like oh most deal is nice yeah
1: exactly you know People people have a tendency to have short attention spans, and they tend they tend to judge shit before they know what it is. Mm -hmm. If motherfuckers just took the time to really give things a chance, they would be put onto a lot more. You know what I'm saying? But it's like that's just how people are, man. You know, you can't change how motherfuckers want to move. Yeah, you can't change them at all.
0: You just got to keep rolling. Exactly. Speaking about music videos, can you talk about the way up on Just Cause?
1: Way up. You know what's crazy about that record, man? Just Cause. And me were planning on doing a record for the first time around that time. Mm-hmm. That wasn't a planned record, though. I was already at THR right into that record in the back office. Like, he had a session going in one side. Mm-hmm. I'm on the other side of the building right in the office by myself. Um, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Hayes or KG, shout, shout out Hayes and KG, man, from the Creeps. They were doing a session and Just Cuz had just walked in with them. But when he asked where was I at, he they was like, and he's in the back room. So I, he came back there, and he was like, oh, this beat is OD. Like, what you doing with it? So I showed him the verse that I – actually, I showed him a hook that I had to it. And he was just like, yo, that's fire. Let's, let me get on this with you. Mm-hmm. So at first, I was like, you sure? He was like, yes. Yeah. So I was like, let's get to it. Now, at first, I start writing my verse. I'm thinking I was cooking. Then when I heard what he was coming with for, like, his first eight, no, nah, hold up. Let me yes, this let me shit. rewrite that. Yeah, cause this you gonna try to? I can't have this dude killing me on my own shit. Like, nah, I rewrote that shit and came hard as hell. You know what I'm saying? And after that, just we ended up getting with Camacho. Shout out Camacho, man. We ended up getting with Camacho, who ended up on uh, shooting a video for us. He's nice too. Camacho nasty with the He's, graphics. Yeah, bro. So he ended up shooting a video for us off of a favor that um, him and Just had, and then that was. That was that, you know what I'm saying? Video on a record. We shot the video during Cell Fest. Mm-hmm. Everybody was outside. Yeah. so We had clips of so many people, but he wanted to make it more about the video with the yeah. music than to music. More personal yeah, to you guys exactly. than everybody. Even though that, that's the vision that I had for it, though, because being on your way up could be for anybody, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Everybody that has a come up, coming is on their way up, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. just about how you elaborate it, you know?
0: Very true. How about the love or hate video with Ashton Bryan,
1: After Party? Brian, you know what? One of my biggest influences for music is Future. Mm -hmm. So Future had a song off of his Purple Rain album called No Charge, which is still one of my favorite songs by him. And um, I was like, yo, Brian, I need a beat like this. Like them 808s that he got is just knocking. I need something like this. He was like, all right, bro, give me an hour. I said, you going to make me something. He said, yeah, I'm going to make you something. All right. So I'm over there writing to something else, a whole nother beat. He came out of nowhere within like 45 minutes. Like, hey, what you think about this? And played it. And then when I'm listening to it, I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, this is that knock. But he hasn't put the melody in it yet. Though. When he put the whole thing up before. Actually, no, I'm sorry. I'm capping. Before he put the whole beat together, I had already taken the beat and started writing from the format of what he had. Mm-hmm. Um and that, that whole, oh, here we go again. Niggas been talking, you know, we don't know what I am. I was trying to use that for, like, three other beats, but I couldn't find a beat to find that to until that beat hit. And that's just how that came off. And from then, I was just writing. Mm-hmm. It was one of the, it was around the time where I was spending a lot of time at THR. Like, I would spend 48 hours before going home at THR sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Just yeah. working, being in the studio, being, you know, musically creative, you know, doing no, my ma- thing. So. No
0: matter what, grinding.
1: never ne- Nevertheless. It's nevertheless, there's always going to be a grind to it, so... You know, um and that's just how that record came up and then the record was so hard, all my guys gave me the go on it, so we, we got everybody together and just put the video together, you know what I'm saying? It kinda of sucks because Brian should have been in it, but I mean at the end of the day he's the cameraman, so you can't be yeah. camera <laughs> engineer, singer, producer, <laughs> you <laughs> you, like Exactly. Yeah. That's what you you know, so it came the way it was supposed to.
0: Yeah, bro. How about cold thoughts? That one was dope.
1: Cold thought, I appreciate you. Cold thoughts. That's that shit. That's his that shit right there. Cold, cold thoughts is crazy. Um, what happened? What was it? You know what it was. I had gone through some family things, um, personally. <laughs> I went through some family things personally, and it was like, yo, I don't know. Um, I found me a beat that meant something. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that had a real hard feel to it. That was dark. Had a piano, and you know, had that feel. And then once, um. Once it just started coming to me, it was one of those songs that I started writing and couldn't stop. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it just kept going. Like Kept it was flowing. Just, exactly. It didn't stop until the end. And I think um, after that, I had recorded it, but I couldn't figure out a thought for it. But it was mm-hmm. like, yo, it's like some of the coldest shit you could think about right here. Like, mm-hmm. when it comes to, like, what I was going through. Yeah. So that's why it came out to be Cold Thoughts. You know what I'm saying? In exactly. the video, I made it more perceptive, like a, a visual perceptive. Mm-hmm. Like, I was living most of the shit I was talking about in... The the song, because a lot of shit is just, like, quotes and relatable things, you know what I'm saying? But in the most part, I just made a video where people could watch me go through what I was talking about instead of me just having a regular rap video again, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So that's where Colt Definitely more con- conceptual. like you Definitely, like conceptual music, exactly.
0: Is that where you think you're going to be heading more and more? Are you going to keep it balanced with everything?
1: um I adapt. You mm-hmm. know, whenever, wherever the game is going or however style comes to the game, that's that's, what that's do. I have to adapt. You know, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I'm still going to be me. I'm mm-hmm. still going to be, you know, a bar for bar, you know, rapper. But at the end of the day, it's like you got to adapt. That's where the money's at if you want to be an artist. You know, yeah. so many people are so scared to come out their comfort zone because they don't want to be looked at for this, looked at for that. Me and my guys already know, like, we're going to have to conform to whatever style it is. And we're going to make it hot in our yeah. own way. And that's it. Like Spice it up in, in your own is. way, like
0: you said. How about Fuego?
1: Fuego. What's up, Dre? Fuego. <laughs> yo, let me ask you something, Dre. Was Fuego a found beat when we were bowling, or was that something that it just I just hit you on? Pretty sure you showed me a beat and I didn't like it. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, at first, I had brought the beat to Dre, and I was like, yo. I remember now. Perfect. Thank you, Dre. So I remember, so he, I told him to come over. I had some shit. Actually, he was at work. So I'm calling him like, yo, I got some shit. I got some shit. He was just like, yo, let me hear it. At first, I only had the verse, so I, I rapped it to him over the phone. He was like, I don't know. I really can't hear the beat. I don't really like it like that. And I was just like, damn, for real? So I was like, all right. So I ended up writing in that hook. Mm-hmm. Niggas know he got that fuego. Yeah. My niggas, they don't move unless I say so. When that came on... He was like, oh my God, I got something for it. And I was like, yeah, it's time to go now. You see, it's a switch up. like, And that just became that record. We ended up going all the way to Jersey. Where we go to Newark? We went to Newark, Elizabeth, Raway. We, we went all up and down Jersey mm-hmm. recording that video. Catching mad different scenery of things. Yeah. You know what I'm saying?
0: Just traveling.
1: We recorded in this one graffitied out warehouse that was just Crazy. It was graffiti everywhere. You're stupid. I know what you're laughing about. You know what I'm saying? So we we stupid. Yo, shout out TKJ, stupid ass. Yo, it was (laughs) it's wild because that that building had like seven different sections with like seven different perceptives of graffiti. And it was crazy. So we tried to get as much as we could in a three-minute song. That's interesting. How so? Um, we would record this song or like, he'll do his verse, I'll do my verse, we'll do one together. And we did that for every room. One room. So we did, like, okay. probably, like, how many takes we did? Like, 20 takes, keep it real. No, no, like, all together with the whole video. Because uh, we, we ended up going somewhere next to Elizabeth that had this fucking... You go through, like, a tunnel area, and then when you come out the tunnel, it's, like, in open, like, building... How can I explain? Like, you ever seen Crystal Avenue? I don't know if you've ever been to London, where it's, like, the three buildings and an open park in the middle. Well I
0: think I know what you're talking about. Boy, it about. had
1: something like that, but square buildings all the way around. Mm-hmm. But every building up to the half was covered in graffiti. Like if Whoa. that was, was like if that was a project or something, but it was so many different pieces. But we couldn't film in there because they had it closed, and mm-hmm. I wasn't trying to jump around in them clothes, man. I'd yeah. be having you feel me? I'd be rocking expensive <laughs> fuck that. shit. Oh, yeah. Fuck all that. So that's how that was. But yeah, man. And then we did the record. It went out, it actually was one of the records that did a lot of downloads on my last album, so... Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: It was something that people actually fucked with.
1: Yeah, people was rocking that song. To this day, people still come up to me and be like, Yo, Mo, my niggas, they don't move unless <laughs> I say so. I mean, I respect it, you know?
0: That love from the city, bro. Facts. That's Talk about fire. the How It Go music video now. That one was fire, too.
1: Sure, How It Go? Oh, man, um... I don't know, I wanted a beat, I don't know, how did, how did I, you know what, I ended up finding an a 808 beat that was out of control. Mm-hmm. You, you heard the beat, right? The yeah. Way it just double taps the whole time where it's like, like, and to be able to catch that flow was such a challenge that it was like at first, how long it took me, TK, like four months, right, to write that? It took me so long to write that wow. song because I would go to write, stuck on that line, and I would just close it out like, fuck all this. Like, I ain't wasting my time with that shit. And then little by little, by the time it came to, three months later, I had like almost a full, whole page and a half full of lyrics. I'm like, oh, so I put it together and it was like, oh, this is And it worked. fire, Like, yeah, the video, I usually apologize to my fans because the video wasn't what it was supposed to be mm-hmm. in my eyes, but it, it came out to where it could be you know, out to the world, but yeah. it wasn't where I wanted it to be.
0: You had a so, different vision? Mm-hmm,
1: completely. So, I feel like if I would've took my vision, that it would've probably did more numbers, or you know, been where it was supposed to be, but at the end of the day, it is what it is. Yeah, bro.
0: How about Essence, the last
1: one? Essence is my shit. Oh my, oh That's God. Your, like, on, on God, Yeah, right. another level. You know what it is, too? I had heard a freestyle from Drake, um... With Charlie Smith, Charlie, you know, you guys know who I'm talking about, right? Ch- big Charlie got the big yeah, old beard.
0: Yeah, um, he's like British, right?
1: Yes. Um, he ended up doing a, a freestyle there, and I'm listening to it like, uh, if I had that type of jig to a beat, I'd have went so much harder. Like you could tell, he just came from somewhere, wrote something on the way, and just put it out there. Like, so I ended up getting somebody to remake the beat, mm-hmm. and I got the beat. When I, when not that beat, but like a certain type of beat, but with a better melody, like it, the notes are held out. There's different flutes to it, like it's a way different, yeah. but still in the same beat tone. And I'm gonna tell you right now, I started writing to it. I showed it to you first, right? I had started writing to it. I had wrote like a full verse to it and I showed it to him and he was like, yo, that shit is fire. You gotta write the second verse. I was like, you sure? I'm trying to throw somebody on it. I think at the time I was planning on throwing Frank Grahams on it to get lyrical with me but he was like nah you need to do it's that shit just yourself you. yeah, yeah like fuck all that you need to do that shit yourself like so it took me like another two days and I got back to it and I just when I put it all together I was like yo this record's probably the hardest bar for bar record I've ever written just because the lane I took it you know not too many people could take a, like a disco type of jig beat hip-hop and freak to it the way I did like mm-hmm. you know that's just not easy at all shit is not easy Be able to come out with the type of concepts and the bar patterns that I was coming with. That shit's not easy. That's why I I put my mind in a whole different state and thought so intuitively, like, of what I was supposed to do. And it got done. It
0: came out that way. Facts. It's dope, bro. Talk about your interview and freestyle over at 107.7 with DJ Kraz.
1: I look back at these guys because they go everywhere with me. So it's like we have so many stories everywhere we go. Shit it's like, um, man, Shout out DJ Krasman. We was yo, we was out there wilding. Um, it was a last minute interview, to be honest with you. Like, it was booked and last minute. I didn't really prepare too well for it. Um, when we went over there, they had the best thing about the whole thing was the footage. Mm-hmm. The footage they took amazing footage from me, and you know, it did really good numbers on social media. But besides that, the studio, you know, it was dope. Working with him was dope. You know, he let. He let me be an artist, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I, he let me actually freestyle and really, like, get comfortable and let let off on a beat, which was dope. So, you know, he let TK get on there, too, you know what I'm saying? Oh, word. You know, when we freestyle today, I'm going to have TK get on it, too. I got him with yeah, bro. Got him with a couple of joints, you know what I'm saying, with some bars because that's my lyrical killer. People be sleeping on my guy right there. They say he be looking like Dan Rue. They don't take it <laughs> serious till they hear him rap, and then the shit's a They're whole like, different oh, game. Shit. Yeah, bro, like, fuck all that. You know what I'm saying?
0: So we're going to move into discography details. Um, The first song off of Dreams to Reality we're going to talk about is It's New London.
1: Yeah, honestly, that was around the time where people was trying to make anthems for a lot. That was when anthem music was coming out. Mm -hmm. I put on from my city, on, on. That's when all those anthem joints was coming out. 2014 or earlier? 15, 14, around there. And I'm I'm just thinking the whole time, like, yeah, I just wanted to do one. You know what I'm saying? Uh So... I put it out there. Into but you the know city. what? People try to ridicule the song due to the fact that it doesn't it doesn't put a visual picture in a pleasant way of New London. But at the end yeah. of it, like, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah. it doesn't depict New London the right way. That's, I guess, because I talk about what is, like, me being a product of my environment is. You know what I'm saying? Like, coming from New London, like, my guys can agree you don't you don't get to see the better side of a lot of things. You know what I'm saying? And and you're always in a consistent battle with not only others but yourself. So it's like, it's crazy. You know what I'm saying? It truly is, man. It's hard to be expressive and outcasting when you're such in a small area. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And within this small area, this much of it is full of tri- like people that want to be rappers and this much is the side you got to take over. But think about having to take over this much when this many people are still trying to get that side. You get what I'm saying? That's why it's like, yo, you need a song to depict some shit like this. And that was it. You know? Word. That's interesting. Talk about lyrical warfare. telling you, pun is... Yo, Big Pun was my guy. So it's like, still is. So I was like, inspired by that? Yeah. You know, when he did that... Um, what What song was it? That was... What song was that? That, was, that wasn't the Twins cover, was it? No, it wasn't the Twins cover. That was um Off the Books, Off the Books, yeah. So by the Beat Nuts. And I found that beat one day when we was in a studio back when THR wasn't in New London. It was still in Mottville, in the basement. It was in it was in Brian J's basement. And I had heard that and I was like, yo, Dre, me and you need to write some shit to this. Like, we really need to see if we can fuck it up lyrically. And we just that was it. We just got to it, and we took like two or three days to write it, and we just laid it. We shot an in-studio video that never came out, believe it or not. Um, I tried to find the file for it, but I guess it expired on that OneDrive shit. I don't mm-hmm. know how that'd be working, but I had an in-studio video that nobody ever saw. It was crazy. If it would have got some right edits, like nowadays edits, the way Brian yeah. knows how to do it, that video, I would have chopped it and put it out. But hey. Fuck it, right? Just
0: move on to the next one. Fuck it. Going on to the No Days Off project, this is with TK Dre. Yeah. Talk about uh, I Can't Go.
1: I Can't Go Like That was the first song on the project that we wrote. Um. That was the intro? Yeah, that was the intro. And we tried to make... The idea of it was to try to make as many party bangers as we could in as little time as we could. You know what I'm saying? Like We were going for like 13 songs, but at the time, you know, um, that's, that's when... You know, TK, you know, had his daughter and a lot of different things transpired. So the release didn't go the way I planned for it to go. It wasn't as big as I thought. Um, But I Can't Go was really just the first song. We heard the beat and we thought the way it was knocking, it would have just been a party banger. And it was because everywhere we performed it, people went crazy. So it was like, yeah.
0: What about NASA?
1: (laughs) NASA... Man, NASA's from the potheads. I'm gonna keep it real with you, like that's all that is. You know, we just smoked to go to NASA. You know, we just wanted we wanted to make a song that was for you know smokers, but at the same time it was bar for bar filled. You know what I'm saying? So we just had fun with it, and a lot of people wanted a video. For a lot of people wanted a video for that song, but the vision that we had for it wasn't gonna match what was gonna come out. You get what I'm trying to say? Like we was we had dudes trying to put up money to get astronaut suits just (laughs) to be able to like we had dudes that was willing to put up bread to do a lot, but motherfuckers wasn't. Really focused on that, because at that time, like I said, he's had a kid, and now I'm working on DTR2 at the time, I think, or DTR1 at the time, so it was like, it, it was just hectic, you know?
0: There's different circumstances that led to that. Exactly.
1: Um, what about In My City? In My City was the anthem for, that's when I knew that I had an anthem. Yeah. Like, out of all the anthems i have made, that's when I truly knew that I had an anthem, like, just know that we in my city and that's when shit be going down. That shit is fire. That's why it was like, yo, me and TK wrote that because we wrote the hook together. So it mm-hmm. was like, yo, this shit is going to have them knocking. And best believe every show I did from Cassidy, Murder Mook, Uncle Murder, whenever we did with, with the locks, like all those shows, every time we performed in my city, they would, they would, they'd scream it like if it was a, a Drake song. And that's when I was like, yo, we got one. Like People fuck with this. Heavy. Yeah. Super heavy.
0: And that was, like, a big realization moment for you? Definitely something that stuck in your mind, a good memory? Yeah.
1: After that, it made my bar set higher. Like, I need to keep this type of energy up with the music because now they know me. I'm mm-hmm. the energy god. So it's like I got to... Keep going. I got to give it to them everywhere I can. Interesting.
0: Going into Dreams to Reality Project, the second one. What about Last Breath?
1: Shit. Last Breath. Um... I think I was going through I was going through a crazy time at that like in life at that time. Like I had just lost a girlfriend of four years, like you know what I'm saying? And it was more like me it was like a self realization song to myself that ended up just being a banger for everybody else because it was so relatable. Mm-hmm. But when I was writing, I was writing on shit that was really like in my head. Personal. You know what I'm saying? Like I gotta get it to my last breath and it's like no matter what, this is what I was made to do, so I gotta do it. You know what I'm saying? And that's why at the end of the day, It was more of like, you know, open feeling song to myself, but it just ended up becoming what it was.
0: I saw it got a really good reception, especially on Spotify. It was one of your top songs in the popular section. Yeah, definitely. People fucked with it.
1: On Facebook alone, it had like 40-something thousand plays, bro. So that's why I was like, that's I'm telling you, people fucked with that song. It's so relatable. Like, everybody got to get it to their last breath. That's the only way you're going to keep on your toes. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you heard what I was talking about in the song, it was deep. Like, I was mm-hmm. even talking about being regretful of making so much music because it took so much time from family. It ruined a yeah. lot of relationships. So it was me more of like telling myself on a song, is this really worth it? Like, is this what it is? You know what I'm saying? But it is what it was. Yeah. And that's how it moved. You know and what I'm saying? And do you
0: believe that it was worth it? Now that where you are right now, you think it's you're still going in the right direction?
1: I ain't gonna lie to you, bro. You know, I still have my doubts here and there. Mm-hmm. You know, and TK be on my ass, you know, Kirk be on my ass, like, yo, bro. You got to chill, you got, I got big shit coming this year that I'm going to let y'all know in a little bit, like big, okay. big shit, but it's like, if the patient, you being patient after 15 years of making music, you be like, damn, motherfucker, Like when's my when they going to come and knock on that fucking door? But it's like, at the end of the day, nobody going to knock on it, you got to go get it yourself, and yeah. I had to learn that the hard way, and then once we started putting in the right work, you know, then everything started turning up, you know? Being this year, we went from not having no shows to having shows with Kodak, Post Malone, you know, all that this year lined up and it's like cool, it's bro. getting crazier than ever. You know what I'm saying? It's it's it becomes hard work, but it always like like they say, you gotta bust your ass now, be able to sit back later comfortably, you know what I'm saying?
0: I like that, yeah. That's how it is. Definitely, bro. And then you have the song with Brian J the been plotting.
1: Yo, that song, believe it or not, I was a throwaway joint. Like I was yeah. going I wasn't even gonna I swear to God, bro, I was not going to, you remember that Dre? I was going to throw that shit away like, yo, that shit is trash. Brian was like, yo, let me hear it, yo, and sing it to Full Potential. So I sang it for him, you know. Mm -hmm. And he was like, bro, you're bugging. I'm about to lay something to this. This is going to be a record and a half. So I was like, all right. So I touched up the words a little bit. He wrote his verse. We laid it down. And when I heard it at the end, it was like, yo, this is crazy. The chemistry was awesome, bro. Yeah. It was like, this is crazy. It was like me and Brian. And that was me and Brian's first recorded song together. Wow. Okay. Yeah.
0: After all the time working before. Yeah,
1: exactly. So it was like me and Brian ha- ain't get songs together in a long, like ever when we was working together. Because around that time, you got to understand, Brian wasn't focused on being an artist. Mm-hmm. He was focused on being an engineer, producer, writer. You know what I'm saying? Now... He's focusing on the self-individual artistry, you know what I'm saying? Where everything he's is. been killing it lately. Yeah, he's been doing this thing. Yeah. That's how you got to do it, you know? You you put yourself in position to eat, so that way everybody don't starve. you Yeah, know?
0: I like that. That's a good quote too, bro. <laughs> that's
1: how it goes. That's how it goes, man. That's how. That, that's real shit right there. Like, you know, a lot a lot of people don't understand that this game is what you make it. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of stupid motherfuckers quit school, quit their jobs. They lose time with family, their kids, to be able to chase this shit. Now, understanding that if you're not willing to give up something for this, like, that's a sacrifice. It's taking time from your family. And you got to ask yourself the million-dollar question, is it really worth me not watching my kids grow up so I could chase a music dream that might not happen? It's different when you have kids, but you know, like, your man's about to be on, and he's going to put you on. You know, or mm-hmm. you in position yourself? or you doing numbers? Then, yeah. By all means, y'all gonna pop together, and do your thing. Yeah. But yo, it saddens me, bro. Cause I see dudes older than me that is like way older. I'm talking 30, 35, still chasing this music dream. And I be thinking, like, yo, I'm not, can't be me. Yeah, I can't, exactly. I that can't, can't be. be me. Doing downtown shows in New London at no 35. Like that's that's fucking out, bro. Like that'll never happen. Ever, ever. You know, that's why I put my I put in the twerk now, just you know what I'm saying, just to make sure that I, I have position. Always. You know what I'm saying? It's always going to be a position for me. Because I always eat. No matter what. You know what I'm saying? I'm always going to eat.
0: Going to keep climbing, bro. It has
1: to. Yeah. You you do these moves. You make moves like this in Network so that they build onto other moves. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? People don't understand that, too. You you want to be the man of your hometown so bad, you got to understand, to be able to control your hometown, you got to go out of your hometown, take over first, and then come home to get that respect. You can't just hop into the... the, the the wave from just thinking you're not going to drown. You know what I'm saying? Like, it don't work like that no more, bro. Yeah. This is, anybody could get viral at any minute. Anybody can, you know what I'm saying? Like, That's the world we live in, bro. Sucks. I was making, I was already writing when motherfuckers had to go to Staples to get printed out digitals for just to put them in the sleeves for the cases, giving them out two, remember that TK? Giving them out two, three dollars. Like, Damn. You know what I'm saying? You got the screen presses, old school shits. Big black boxes, you know what I'm talking about. Big black box. They pr- <laughs> yeah, yeah. they printing them shits up. Like you like, yo, whole two hours before thirty CDs is done. You like fucking hey. You feel me? But you leave that shit on all night just to make sure you go in next day to school with hundred tapes. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the era I was coming from. You had to step okay, to yep. doors to get your music out. Then I watched the game progress as of lately where it's like, you don't need it, I could send you a link that'll take you directly to where my song is now. Yeah. I don't have to come to you. Just one text. That's it. fucking crazy. Like, think about that. You know what I'm saying?
0: You can reach the masses easier than ever.
1: Exactly. Too fast.
0: Yeah. Sometimes it's too fast for others. Sometimes it's the perfect timing. That's a fact. We're going to go into now Propane, which is probably my favorite song with Dre and also Sheaster.
1: Propane. Flames. You know, I don't even know. Propane, literally. I was literally sitting back smoking Mm -hmm. regular day shit. I had the YouTube beats playing. I ain't even typed nothing in. I just, what did I type in? I think like like new hip-hop beats, 20, I think it was like 18.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm letting them play. And then out of nowhere, I'm using the bathroom. And I hear that beat playing. I'm like, oh, that's crazy. Hold up. So I run out the bathroom. I go check. The beat was playing. I play it back. And I'm like, this is fucking crazy. This shit knocks like so I wrote a quick hook to it. All of it depends, depends yeah. on the shit that I'm going through, now we don't know you. You ain't who you ain't, and you are, and you know it too. Like, that shit was just like, the rock was crazy. So I hit Dre automatically, like, bro. Yeah. Get on this. I got one. After that, he agreed. I called Shista right after. And Shista was like, send it through. When I sent it, he's like, I'm going to have your a verse in two days. And Dre had his verse done the next day. We recorded it in the next two days. So then after that, it was pretty dope, because we got all the session together, and we laid it down. So It's just cool having everybody with different talents in the studio because everybody could bring something different to the track that could just make it that one extra. You know? A lot of rappers are too prideful to let that rock. You always honestly think that these rappers don't be up in the fucking studio getting inspiration from their guys or their guys are telling them, like, yo, that line is whack. Try this shit. And they go back in and do it and it sounds... That's just that's how
0: that's, it's almost better to have people like that
1: food for the spirit bro that's yeah. food for the career that's food for your talents at the end of the day if you have somebody who's man enough to tell you your shit is trash you need work then it's like you know I, i've had people tell me when i first started that my cd was ass mm-hmm. my first cd was ass like i have people blatantly tell me to my face like yo this shit is trash bro i ain't gonna flex you but it's like yeah you get mad at the same time but it's like what can you do you know you 17 with your first mixtape like I'm not mad. You know, you bought it, dummy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, at the end of the day, that's all, That's how that goes. And it's like, done deal. But then now, it it it, it makes us all laugh because the same dudes who said it be the ones that be reaching out all the time. Like, yo, when's your next tape dropping? Yo, I need. It's like, yeah, I know. Mm-hmm.
0: I remember that time you said that I was ass, And now look at where I am.
1: Exactly. At- like, I know. You know, it's cool. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be the wildest dudes come up to you spitting your lyrics. And you'd be like, yo, you think back like 10 years ago, that wasn't happening. Yeah. And you know what I'm saying? Five years ago that wasn't happening. Like they was now it's different. You be in a position now, you make, you're on the come up. Mm-hmm. Your movement is known everywhere. Your CD's highly anticipated. You you know, you got celebrity shows lined up out the day. My first two tours lined up this year. Like mm-hmm. it's there's so much shit going on that it's like it's hard to stay on top of, believe it or not, but you gotta do what you gotta do, you know?
0: Yeah, bro. That's sweet. So what's next for you, man? Talk about your project coming out.
1: Dreams to Reality Three is coming out. Um, the project is fucking fire. Like it's the two joints that I sent you mm-hmm. are on the project. Okay, they're confirmed. Confirmed on okay. the project. They just I nobody else really has them besides a couple DJs from like you know the main house and DJ Avalon played them last night to prepare premiere wow, them I'll last night at cool. Avalon. You know, um, he said that they went crazy. When Captain came on, that song's gonna be an anthem right there. Mm -hmm. But it's not an anthem. It's just I know it's gonna be because that's how them songs play out. But um, Cold Thoughts is on there. Essence is on there. You know, if you really put thought to it, a lot of those records now that people are loving, they're all on one project. So just imagine a whole project full of bangers that everybody loves. Like it's just it's amazing the feeling to have my sixth project coming out like that. You know, there's nothing that tops beating like or or beats the feeling of making a mixtape. Mm -hmm. you know especially when it's a fire one like when you one that you know your guys is validating and everywhere you go is validated you go to djs and they want your records Mm -hmm. i've had i did a show at octane a couple um weeks ago like two weeks ago packed house with dj slink we brought him out from jersey and um he spun my shit for me and then he did his set and I dropped them records, and they was going crazy, like if it were a Meek Mill record just went <laughs> yeah. on. And it was just like... A
0: great reaction. Me and
1: my me. guy, Kirk, we just sitting here rapping it next to each other, like they don't even know this shit is my record neither. They just over here turned the fuck up. Like, that's how it happens, you know, until your face gets put on blast. Like, yeah. nobody knows the face behind the music. But it's good because that record keeps getting played everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everywhere from 929, 9 9, 1077, like it keeps getting played. So, cool. so it's like, people are going to eventually catch on, like, yo... That capping record, that's that motherfucking shit right that's there. That's that guy right there. Exactly. Like, that's his shit. So it's like, you know, um, Dreams to Reality 3 is dropping soon. You know, I'm, I got a lot of homies working on shit right now. You know what I'm saying? TK about to drop his first mixtape Okay. Um, solo joint. And I got Grizzy that just about to drop another solo joint. Brian about to drop a, a solo full of covers. Um... So I really worry about, like, a lot about what they doing, too, you know what I'm saying, to make sure everybody's making the same moves, everybody's on the, on point, you know what I'm saying? That's kind of yeah. part of taking charge sometimes. Um, not only that, you know, we got my first tour this year um, with TK, Grizzly, Just Cuz is on it. Um, Where are you going to be hitting? we hitting, like, six or seven different states. Um, we got on with Post Malone and Kodak, so we got slots on tour to be able to go around and do our thing. Um... Yeah, man, besides that, besides the tour and just the album coming out, you know, and just meeting, going to celebrity sessions lately, you know what I'm saying, with with big names, you know, Um, it's like, that's really all it is, just doing a lot of this, a lot of freestyle, a lot of getting my name out there, you know what I'm saying, because people just recognizing it everywhere, like, and it's crazy, like, you go anywhere, people, yo, like, I went, where did I go, I think I went to... Boston. I went to Boston, Massachusetts. I went to a Moe's out there. I love Mo's. You know what I'm saying? I went to Fire. <laughs> I went to a Mo's out there and a guy randomly, some dude just got up and I looked at him up and down real quick. Cause you already know. Like that's just the lingo. Like yeah. you get up real quick, you're like, whoa, what's going on? And the guy was like, yo, your name's Mo Steel, right? I'm like, yeah, what about it? It was just like, yo, I watched you that night. You performed at PNB, yo. You were fire. And mind you, I'm all the way in Boston.
0: Like I'm coming from. You're not New London, yeah. I'm all
1: the way in Boston. We got a random dude just coming out of nowhere telling me that. So it's like, yo, that's how you know. Like I have dudes that say my music even be playing up in the jails. Like, bro, it's everywhere. It's like up and down, no matter where you go, bro. It's like your music just be everywhere. And that's the whole point of the expansion. Like my music gets played out from from St. Thomas all the way to Grand Curt, like Turk. It's just, bro. I'm telling you, I got fans everywhere everywhere
0: that's a beautiful it, feeling
1: it beats it beats just having fans in town because everyone likes different styles mm-hmm. then people wonder why i dabble into shit like jamaican music or like reggaeton or like things like that because people don't even know i'm fucking puerto rican i speak fluent spanish and people don't even understand it people really? think i'm black literally bro that's the shit that kills me it's like you people ju- like i said in the beginning people judge it before they know it Didn't yeah i say that so it's like that's how it is bro you know what i'm saying and when they hear me on a Spanish track and they hear it so fluent, they're like, what the fuck? It's like, yeah, you know?
0: I would love to hear that. You freestyle in full Spanish. That would be so cool. I can't freestyle, in <laughs> it, but
1: I could if I wrote it out, that would be crazy. You know what I'm saying? I could do it, yeah. you know? But freestyling, no. Not in Spanish, at least. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so where do you see yourself in one year, five years, and ten years?
1: Shit, in a year? Man, I see myself just... On a different platform, C-level artists built going into the game, you know what I'm saying, bringing my dogs on and doing what we do. Um, five years, established already, my own label, you know what I'm saying, house, cars. You know, boss shit. Boss shit, sitting back with my guys, all well my guys got, you know, real estate, you know, everybody on their own land, everybody raising their families, that's what this is about. This is not about trying to just run the life, this is about doing what my talent, my best talent is to be able to feed my family and my guys, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying, and that, that's the main goal behind it, so... You know, trying to get that for 10 years. Man, 10 years, I'm trying to be a dad. In 10 years, I'll be 36, bro. Before Man. that, I'm trying to be a dad. I was like, yeah. fuck, bro. You know, just have a family and just be a well-established in the music game. You know what I'm saying? I'm Like I always tell my guys, I don't need a, I don't need to be a millionaire every year. I could live off of 300000 a year off of music. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 400000 That's realistic. You know what I'm saying? Because that's not even... That's like CD-level artists, but it's realistic at least. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Until you get that major break where it's like something goes viral and now you automatically are becoming a B-level artist off of the fact that you have a number one record in the country. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So that's how that works right there.
0: Yeah, bro. So do you have any more shout-outs before we end tonight's episode?
1: Shit, man. You know, shout-out Brian J., man. Shout-out all my guys, Grizzy, TK, you know, Kirk, man. Shout-out Just Cuz, my guy, Frank. She's the, you know... Um, just everybody in la familia, man. That knows the knows what it is. You know, I appreciate y'all, yo Jeff. You already know, man. All love, uh, big ups to the boy. You know what I'm saying? That's really that's really all I could think about right now. You know what I'm saying? It, it's crazy when I, it, I get I get so like iffy on shout-outs because mm-hmm. like people get so offended. Like, <laughs> right. I always got to shout out the ones that are there. Yeah. You know, that's that's if you listen to my music, I always mention that. Like you only mm-hmm. I only pay attention to the ones that are there. Like. It's like if you don't get the shout out, I can't really say nothing to you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's just what it is. You know? All these guys that you see me with, they everywhere. Mm-hmm. They're that's with, your crew. That's my crew. Yeah, everywhere I go, these guys come with me. No matter. We're going on vacation. I'm going to eat. And going to the studio. No matter where I go, they they on it. Because it's like, and that's not only my crew. Those are my brothers, and my goons. That's that's what it is. You know what I'm saying? Your family. Me, yeah, of course. La Familia, like I said. So we you gotta understand, there's so many artists that you guys have probably worked with that. Are talented and good, but a lot of people they're in the dark about what happens with this music game. You get mm-hmm. what I'm saying and I always tell, I already told my guys if we wasn't to get like a deal deal because we have deals on the table mm-hmm. from Sony and Interscope, we just never pursue any of the deals because not only is a lot of there's a lot of contract with lawyering and all that stuff that's going on right now, yeah, but on top of that it's like. What goes on with labels? I'm not gonna really try to go too deep into it, but it's like what happens with them contracts and them labels is not for everybody. Mm -hmm. People don't got the heart for what comes with that shit. People just see the outskirts of it, but don't understand. And this is coming from somebody who literally had my feet in the door. Like I'm having those type of talks. I'm listening to them type of meetings. Like I'm in those meetings. I'm coming back reporting to these guys every number I hear and everything that's going on. Like you hearing it from the horse's mouth. Like officially, you know what I'm saying? Like. To be one of the first dudes from where I'm from having the shit that I have on the table, is just blessing, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I tell you, like, this is officially coming from me, official. Like, real artistry, foot in the door. Like, yeah. Stamp. You know? Pfft, shit gets crazy, man.
0: Hey, man. Me. Well, I hope that you get at least something, like a good deal or anything, bro. Like, no matter what, I just see success in your future.
1: Appreciate you. The deals is dope. It's just... The more you get, the more people want their hands in your pockets, That's very and the more true. problems it's gonna come with. So, you know, people would have seen my my deal from Interscope and took that without thinking twice. Mm-hmm. My manager, but you were smart, not me, because I was one of those people that <laughs> thought about taking it to like. But my manager was the smart one. Yeah, he's the one that sat back and was like, "Let's get the lawyers on it. Let's 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 try to sit figure back out. and figure it out because we gotta figure out the best route for you. Because I can't have you getting fucked up in the game early. So mm-hmm. it's like he's the one being smart because. Anybody, see, you see Seven Figures, you wouldn't take that? <laughs> <laughs> like, the fuck? You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's like, that's what it is.
0: Yeah, man. Well, thank you for coming on, bro. This ends season
1: six, episode five.